Welcome to Sanity, a podcast to help you keep yours in today's divisive political climate. I'm your host, Audrey Scagnelli, and I hope you'll join me in this quest for optimism in a post-2016 world. I'm currently joined by Erin Ruberry. She is the founder of In Better News, which is a daily newsletter that spreads positivity and has definitely been a bright spot in my, in my inbox every morning. Erin, thank you so much for joining Sanity. Thanks for having me. I was, I was thrilled when uh, you reached out. You started In Better News in the fall of 2016. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration for its creation and a little bit about how it's grown? Absolutely. So in the lead up to the 2016 election, especially if you spent any amount of time online, on Twitter, on any kind of social media, there was just so much negativity and toxicity in the dialogue. And it really felt to me and many people who I was talking to really overwhelming. It felt like it was constantly bad news or outrage or something else that we we were getting angry about. And I felt the physical and mental effects of that. I know so many of my friends were expressing that and how tired we were of this constant cycle. And I've always really been drawn to stories about people making a difference. I've always been interested in people who are using their time on earth to hopefully make this planet a little bit kinder and better. And I have a background in journalism and was pretty active on social media and decided, why don't I just do a little side project that highlights some of these stories? And hopefully, if it's something that I'm looking for, other people will also enjoy reading about it. So it started um, in September of 2016. And people were really kind about it from the start. Immediately, people told me that it made a difference in their day to wake up to some positivity in their inbox. I always include a cute animal gift, so I think that helps too. And people have just been really warm and welcoming as far as the reception. You know, people seem to enjoy getting the newsletter every day. I get nice responses from people on social media, which makes my online experience certainly pretty great. It's been wonderful to develop a little community around this little newsletter. A, I love your newsletter and love seeing those images, but B, I think what you've kind of done is you, you also spotlight a lot of human stories about things that people are doing, and there is an importance to that. What is your response to you know, a puppy A puppy picture will, in the short term, bring happiness? What in the long term is, how, does, how do we bridge that gap from short-term happiness to long-term kindness in society? Well, I hope that by shedding a light on some of these stories of everyday average Americans who are making a difference or who are trying to do a little bit of good in the world, it reminds each of us that we each can do something in our own lives, in our own communities to make a difference. There's such a wide range of stories that I spotlight, whether it's an eight-year-old who donates her birthday to help people in need in her city, or an 88-year-old who knits blankets for newborn babies. There's something we can all do and something, a difference we can all make. This is not to say that we should not be paying attention to the news that's happening in the world. Of course we should. We should be paying attention to national news, international news. But this is a little bit of a reminder that while you can open the newspaper or turn on the TV and 
get outraged or get angry or feel like there's constantly negative things happening, there's also really good things happening. And they might not be on the front page and it might not be on cable news, but there are so many good people in the world. And it's, it's easy to lose sight of that if you're just looking at some of the, the headlines out there. But there are so many great people who don't expect to be in the news. They don't expect to get fame or fortune. They're just doing a good thing because it's the right thing to do. It's a neighborly thing to do. It's the American thing to do. So I hope that by shedding a light on that, it's reminding each of us that we can make a difference one person at a time. And those little tiny actions, they do add up to a larger movement and larger, larger good in the world. I remember a few weeks back, you shared the story about a Vietnam veteran who passed away and a funeral home didn't know anyone he was related to. 400 people came to his funeral. I mean, stories like that are so powerful and we too often, I think, kind of forget them in the environment that we're in. So there's such an importance. And, and even when Martha McSally, who was the Senate candidate in Arizona, who posted a concession video on Twitter, she tweeted a, out a video with her dog. You tweeted about that. That was kind of a special way to, to show decency and sh- share her dog. You know, we're looking for these moments of, of decency and these moments of kindness every day. And they're out there and they're happening. And I think often they're happening more at the individual level, not the community level. But so many of these stories you know, I think back to some of the natural disasters that we've had, um, the hurricanes over the past couple of years, and these stories of everyday people going out to help their their neighbors and help strangers because it was the right thing to do. And they weren't asking, who did you vote for? Or they weren't asking about their political beliefs or opinions. They were helping their their fellow man and their fellow human. And there's something really beautiful about that. And we need to remember that we're all one giant community of humans and one community of Americans and we should be helping each other and and we are doing that so I'm just trying to shed a little bit of light on those stories. Mm -hmm. And I think it really is more important to be doing that now than ever. Um, There there was an article in The Atlantic that just came out that I came across this morning and I, I think that you did too and it's about anger and the power of anger as an emotion. Yeah. What's what that is doing to society. And from your tweet, you wrote, it's, it's anger is corrosive. It's dangerous. It's destructive. Our collective anger is literally making us sick. I don't know what, what the answer is, but I know it lies in each of us to work together toward a kinder, more peaceful, more tolerant, more just and generous and giving world. I completely agree. I think the emotions of fear and anger coupled with some of the historic amounts of loneliness we're experiencing as a society are, are kind of this really, really frightening trifecta of emotions. In Better News is speaking to all of that and trying to build a community around people that are not giving in. How do you think things like In Better News can help move the needle against such a powerful and not necessarily in a good way emotion like, like anger? I think that a big part of it is that some of anger is born out of feeling helpless. And so I hope that when you read stories about people who are making a difference and who are trying to make the world a little bit kinder and gentler and more welcoming, that you're reminded that you can make a difference and you're not going to feel quite as helpless. I want people to feel like I feel that 
there is so much hope out there and there's so much good out there and we can't lose sight of that. I recently finished um, Michelle Obama's book and she wrote and she talks about in the, in the interview she's done around her book about anger and about how we need to, we can't ignore what's going on, but we also need to, we need to do things that are actionable and we need to each make an effort to not just go high, but make an effort to work to make the world a little bit better and, and work toward an action, work toward a solution. And I do believe that. I think that you're allowed to be angry and you should be angry and you should feel the full range of emotions that you need and want to feel as a human. But what can then can we do to get past that and get over that? And in my opinion, each playing a part to make our neighbors' lives a little bit better and kinder and more gentler. That, to me, is a way we can move past some of the anger. Can you talk a little bit about the growth of In Better News? It's been really fun. I do it. It's a side project. So it's something that I do sort of on my nights and weekends. And the community that's sprung up around it has been really lovely. Every single day when I sign into my email or turn on Twitter or any kind of social media, I get emails and tweets and messages from people who've seen a positive news story and they tag me or they email it to me, which is a wonderful, wonderful use of social media. It's incredibly wonderful that someone sees a, someone out there making a difference in the world or sees a positive, uplifting news story and thinks of me. And so I'll, I usually respond to people and I thank them so much for seeing something positive and thinking, oh, I know who would like this, Aaron would. So I try to um, be really responsive with people who send me those stories because I'm so appreciative of it. It's been a fun project. I've been doing it for about two years now, and I've just enjoyed it. It's made my online experience very positive and much better than, than I think it could have been. Hmm. These emails hit my inbox somewhere around 6.30 in the morning, and you're doing this as a side project. How do you balance this uh, with, with everything else that you, that you do? I feel really lucky because... Once I started looking for these stories, I found them everywhere. So people often ask me, where do you find all these good news stories? And they're everywhere. I see them on Twitter. I see them when I read the newspaper. I see them when I go on Instagram. People send me stories. And so I have a running, running list of positive news stories that I would like to highlight. I have a running list of animal stories or gifts that I really like that I can pull from. And depending on scheduling. Sometimes I'll write a bunch on the weekend. Sometimes I write them at night. And then I always um, send them in real time in the morning. So my goal is to send them around 6.30 a.m. Eastern time because I hope that people either wake up and find it in their inbox or many people tell me that they read the newsletter on their phone during their commute to work or during their first cup of coffee when they get to the office. So my goal with it is it's something that you can read really quickly and easily before you dive headfirst into the day. Your day job is with, with the Peace Corps. You really have an interesting perspective, I think, from both your personal passions, your life as a journalist, and now also with spending some years at the Peace Corps as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I really believe in spreading love and kindness, and that's been my goal throughout my career. And that's something that I've been really lucky to be able to do both personally and professionally. So I'm very lucky that I'm able to have some personal side projects outside of my day job and be able to pursue my personal interests outside of, outside of the nine to five. Switching gears a little bit, you are a big Dolly Parton fan. 
I'm also <laughs> a Dolly Parton fan, largely because of what she has done to give back to her roots and especially creating projects to increase literacy among young children. Can you talk a little bit about your, your own love for Dolly and why you're drawn to her, to her message? Yeah, I love Dolly. And I think it's easy for people to dismiss Dolly Parton because they look at her and most people, many people have a preconceived notion of who Dolly Parton is. And she's over the top and has big hair and a big personality and a lot of sequins and glitter. But as you referenced, she has done so much good for the people of Tennessee and children across our country. Her literacy program has given more than 100 million books to children across America and now to a couple other countries as well. She's also an incredible songwriter. So I admire the tenacity of someone who's been in the music business as long as she has and has written as many incredible songs as she has, as many empowering anthems as she has. She has an amazing knack as a businesswoman. And a couple of years ago, I saw her in concert for the first time. And I don't think I realized what an amazing musician she was until she played. It must have been a dozen or more instruments just back to back. And people, I think, can be really quick to dismiss Dolly, but she's incredibly talented and incredibly generous. And I'm glad that over the past couple of years and it seems she's being recognized more and more for being a philanthropist and a businesswoman, in addition to an incredible musician. I think that speaks to so much of where we are societally, where we can be so quick to judge or quick to draw conclusions based on the headline and don't absorb the nuance that's, that's in the substance that's in the story. I agree. And I think that that's, you know, we were talking a little about technology earlier and, um, Certainly on social media, it's easy to see a headline and react right away. And that's something I'm personally trying to be better about is if I see someone tweet out a news story to actually click on the news story and read it so that I am not reacting to just a headline because that's so easy to do. And I'm as guilty of as anyone else to see a headline or see a tweet and immediately have a reaction. And I'm trying to become, as I think many of us are better news consumers and more engaged and informed news consumers. So we are making more informed opinions and, and judgments of things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not easy because so much of social media has been structured to cater to human behavior and clicking on a whim. And, and there's definitely a vicious cycle. Your online community and your Twitter profile in, in Better News is such a place for positive information. I think that social media and the one, two dimensional scrolling experience perhaps contributes to this growing number of people that are experiencing extreme loneliness in the country and around the world for that matter. How do you think that you have cultivated a community that has more depth and tentacles to it that's positive that perhaps could play a role in reversing some of those trends more on a macro level? Certainly, there's intention behind it. I very intentionally try to curate news that is positive and is uplifting. And while I am consuming the huge swath of news that's out there on my personal feed, I try to really just highlight stories that are going to uplift people and that are going to inspire people. I can't say I'm perfect at it. And certainly, there are times when I share stories because I think they're important to share. But I try to make my feed a really positive place. I try to interact with people who want to interact with me. So I respond to questions and I engage with people because while 
there is, you know, there, I keep reading these stories about loneliness in our country. The flip side of that is that social media lets people connect across the miles and across boundaries and hopefully find communities online that share common interests and common goals. There's something really wonderful about that, that no matter what interests you have or where you're located, you can find people with common values and common interests thanks to social media and thanks to the internet. So I'm trying to curate a community that does bring people together over a shared love of kindness and a shared love of highlighting the best of who we are. And it's been really great because I've, I've met wonderful people thanks to the kind of positivity community on social media and some people who I would consider really good friends who are also consciously trying to share these stories and consciously trying to connect with other people who want to be uplifting forces on the internet. Before we come to a close, one of the questions that I've asked everyone that joins Sanity is, what inspires you most right here, right now, today? I'm inspired right now by the people out there who truly believe that they can make a difference. The people, whether it's because they run for office or because they have a position of power in their community or just because they um, volunteer in their community. I am so inspired of people who wake up every day and truly believe that they can make a difference, that they can make the world a little bit better, especially people beyond our elected officials, people who just think, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to spend my day volunteering or I'm going to do something good for my neighbor. Those people inspire me every day because it's it's easy to wake up and like many people, I scroll through my Twitter feed and I see people every single day talking about, oh, everything's terrible, everything's bad. And the fact that so many people also can wake up every day and feel a real sense of hope and optimism and a belief in themselves and their fellow Americans, there's something beautiful in that. And I aspire to be more like that and aspire to wake up every day and hope I can help people a little bit or make a little bit of a difference or make someone's day a little bit better. There's so much power in that. I think that at the end of the day, when you think about what matters most in life, it's being decent, being kind and contributing and giving back the best way you can. I couldn't agree more. That's a pretty inspiring aspect of life that really is encouraging. I think there are so many kind and decent people out there. And just because it's not on the front page every day, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And we're seeing this happen at the community level. So I'm I'm just so inspired by people who are going out and performing acts of kindness because it's the right thing to do, not for attention, not for headlines, but because it's it's the decent thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's who we are and that's who we'll continue to be. So I'm incredibly inspired by my fellow citizens every day. If listeners would like to subscribe to In Better News, what should they do? They can visit tinyletter.com slash inbetternews and they can follow me on Twitter at Erin Ruberry, and I tweet out links to my newsletter every morning. There's also a link in my bio, and I'm always looking for more uplifting, inspirational news, so please feel free to send that to me. I'd love to see what you're reading. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you.